Right, good to have you here this morning, and I'd like to have you turn, if you would, just to begin with here, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. And uh, we're going to look at a message again that will hopefully be a, a blessing and help to you and a lesson to you on uh, why the Christian assembly, why the Christian assembly, I, I think more and more we need to understand why the Christian assembly, because you or I can may be told that there's really no reason for the Christian assembly or the church. I say that because more and more people are turning to live stream, though I'm not against live streaming. Um, they're turning to podcasts, and they're just listening to them, just hanging out on the couch at home and things like that. Uh, there are people, again, more and more that think there's really no benefit to the church in general. It, again, uh, uh, for several different reasons, and again, I'm not going to go into those at all, but I want to start here in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, and just recognize the church. The church is something that Jesus established. The church is something that we should seek to be involved with. Matthew 16, verse number 18, the Bible says this, And I say unto you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so I want to consider here this morning why the Christian assembly, why the Christian assembly. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for today. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you again for the pillar and ground of the truth. Thank you again for the ability to have a, a church local in this place. Again, just ask that you would just help us to just uh, be reminded here this morning of why, again, a Christian assembly. Father, help us again to see some uh, thoughts from the Word of God that might be a help to us and a blessing to us as we, again, gather as a Christian assembly. Bless this time as we rightly uh, divide the Word of Truth and seek to see in the Christian, see in the Bible again, sorry, the, the things pertaining to the church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jesus said here, you build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so it's necessary for us to understand a little bit about the church here today. Now, the thoughts I give you this morning are not, uh, again, thoughts you've never thought about or maybe heard maybe before, but I want to give you some convincing reasons why there's a need for a Christian assembly. I'm not saying there's no benefit to live streaming. I'm not saying there's no benefit to podcasts. I'm not saying there's no benefit to recorded messages. I'm not saying there's no benefit to reading on your own at home or doing your own personal Bible study or holding other Bible studies at different locations at different times. But again, I just want to give some uh, thoughts on why uh, there's a need for a Christian assembly. Uh, I'd like again here to begin that back in the Old Testament, although this doesn't talk about the Christian assembly, it does talk about an assembly none the, uh, none the, uh, here in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And uh, so again, I just want to begin here, Deuteronomy chapter 31, I don't know if you knew this, but there was a seven-year reading of the Bible. And again, I just want to read this to begin with, and the purpose of this seven-year reading of the Bible, I believe, again, was to, again, give people, again, just a basic, fundamental, foundational, again, reminder about the Word of God and the things of God. And so I want to read just a little bit here to begin with here. We'll come back here a little bit later in the message. But uh, this deals with an assembly, an assembly of God's people gathering together every seven years. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse number one, it says, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 
and 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, that thou shalt possess them. And Joshua shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may go unto them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto thy fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, and he will be with thee, and he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto the elders of Israel. And the, and the Lord commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of a release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God, in the place that he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, thy stranger that is within the gates, that they may hear, that they may learn, and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whither you go over Jordan to possess it. Now I wanted to speak on this subject again. Why a Christian assembly? Let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight uh, for this day. Thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you again for the ability we have to assemble still in this country. Again, just ask, Lord, that you would again help us to understand why a Christian assembly here today and Help again this message to be a benefit to the hearer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we see why a seven-year assembly here, again, here in the Bible? And again, again, I'm going to come back here, but I just want to mention, again, uh, it says there in verse number 13, it says that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whither you go over to Jordan to possess it. There was a purpose in the reading of the law every seven years, and it was, again, that people would fear the Lord. I just want to mention this to begin with. This is not one of the points here. But the reason why we have a Christian assembly to some degree is so that people would learn to fear the Lord, that young people would learn to fear the Lord. And we have a lot of children that are growing up without church. And they're growing up without going to any kind of a church of any kind of, in any way or manner. They're, they're growing up without faith. They're growing up without learning about the Lord at all. And as a result, we have 
a lack of fear concerning God. And again, that's certainly, again, one of the reasons why we should seek to assemble. But as we consider this passage and uh, passages in the Testament, we'll see why there's a need for a Christian assembly. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, I want to kind of start here in Matthew chapter 18 and considering why a Christian assembly or church assembly. Again, there's many different reasons for this. Probably, again, someone could put together a lot, a lot of different reasons for a Christian assembly, but I'm going to just consider, again, some here this morning as we consider, again, some reasons for a Christian assembly. In the Old Testament, again, Moses told the people that Joshua would get them together to assemble every seven years for the purpose that they would fear the Lord, and that they also would be informed concerning the commandments and demands of the Lord so that they would read the Bible together as a country corporately. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse number 15, the Bible says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him this fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if we will not hear thee, then take with thee three or uh, thee one or two more. With the mouth of two or three witness, every word may be established. And if you neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let it be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that, each, uh, that they ask, uh, shall ask, it shall be done of them by my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We live in a day of uh, declining church attendance. We have more and more Christians that are professing Christians that see no reason to assemble. Again, there are various reasons why they do not assemble. Sometimes they'll point to hypocrisy. Sometimes they'll talk about doctrinal issues. They'll say, I can't go to a church because I don't agree with the things going on in the church. Maybe they... I don't go to church maybe because something bad happened in church. I understand there are problems in churches. There are problems in assembly. There are various reasons one could come to as far as reasons for not attending an assembly or not going to church. But the answer isn't in a home church. The answer isn't neglecting church. The answer is to assemble in the church. If there's a matter between two believers, what should those two people do? They should seek to resolve a matter. It talks about that in verse number 15 and verse number 16. But it says if they cannot resolve a matter, they should bring it to the church. And so there's a need for a church and a church assembly. Let's turn to John chapter 12, if you would. John chapter 12. In Bible times, people didn't really... Uh, I believe, even wonder about whether they should join a church or not join a church or join to a church when they became Christians. Most of them, again, joined themselves to the church or didn't join themselves to the church for various reasons, just like there are reasons that people have today for maybe not joining themselves to a church. But I'd like to read this in John chapter 12, verse number 42 and verse number 43, as I believe, again, it gives us some reasons why maybe someone who believes may not attend or join themselves to a church. John chapter 12, verse number 42, 
In verse 43, it says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, why someone may not join themselves to a church could be here at verse number 42, because there'll be some repercussions in their life for joining themselves to a church. They may lose a position in society, as it mentions here, uh, if they would join themselves, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. It also mentions here in verse number 43, it says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. In other words, they, they, they'd rather, again, have people love them or like them rather than have God be pleased with them. Now, I understand this. In Bible times, if you, again, uh, were a Jew, you would be put out of the synagogue. You would be kicked out, so to speak, of your assembly that you were part of before if you became a believer. And it says here in verse number 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. So this isn't just anyone believing. This is, again, the leaders of the church that probably got money or some kind of severance of some kind from the the synagogue, and so they didn't want to leave because of money. And so there's, there's certainly a lot of different reasons why a person may not join a cruise. It might be because of money. It might be because of notoriety. It might be because, in verse number 43, that they want the praise of men or the praise of God, and so they want the affliction of their relatives or families, again, uh, being against what they're doing. And so, again, some may not join to a church because there's pressure not to join. Or there might be reasons in their mind not to join. But again, we find here in the Bible, as we go back to Matthew chapter 18, I believe some reasons why we should join ourselves to a Christian assembly. And so I want to look at them here today. Again, the reason, again, they got to gather back there in Deuteronomy was for the purpose of people would fear the Lord. And they know what the Lord does say. And there's a lot, again, that I believe, again, parallels that in the Christian assembly of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 22, it's uh, verse 20, sorry, it says here. And, uh, and for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Why a Christian assembly? Because, first of all, we have the promise of God's presence in a Christian assembly. With the promise of it. Two or three, that's all there's needed. Two or three members of a church to have the Lord to be here. Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord here today, this morning? Is he here? Yes, he is. It doesn't take 200. It doesn't take 2,000. It doesn't take multitudes or many for the Lord to assemble with the assembly. It takes but two or three together. They're gathered together in his name for him to be here. And so we have promised the special presence of Christ in the church assembly. That's what we have promised. God has specifically promised that he would be present with his church and with churches that assemble and meet for the purpose of carrying out the Great Commission. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. That is the purpose of the church, to carry out the Great Commission. He says, I'm going to gather together where two or three are gathered together in my name, and I'm going to be there 
in the midst of them. I'm going to be there amongst them. And so, again, the reason why, uh, again, God, I believe, gave us a Christian assembly is so that we'd have Christ with us. His presence would be with us as we meet. He decided to have communion with his assemblies as they meet on a regular basis. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We see the purpose of the church in verse number 19 and 20. You know, sometimes we don't even go back to verse number 17. I, I believe where we see again one of the purpose of the church is this often sometimes forgotten about. And when they saw them, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. God has specifically promised he would be present in assembly for the purpose of God's people to worship him. In verse number 11, it says, 11 came to Galilee with Jesus to a mountain. They saw him, they worshipped him, and some doubted. They worshipped him, and as they were worshipping him in the church assembly... He commissioned them and commanded them and told them what they should be doing. He said in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, in the midst of the assembly of God, Christ teaches us. It gives us opportunity to worship him. Disciples here experienced the Lord's presence and fellowship and were able to worship Him in a special way at this time. The church assembly is a place of fellowship and camaraderie where the Christians get together. Let's turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Maybe before a, a football game, there are people, people that get together on a parking lot or a place like that to support a, a team. They'll get together and they'll have, again, a party maybe before the party, uh, before the game, and they'll have a party after the game. Again, people gather together to watch a football game. People gather together to go to a, an event or some kind of meeting of some kind for different reasons, maybe for a corporation or maybe for a company or maybe for a family. They'll get together for a family reunion. What's the purpose of this assembly? It's for fellowship together. But we see the presence of God promised here in this fellowship. Luke chapter 24, verse number 36. Luke chapter 24, verse number 36, it says, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And it goes on there, and I'm going to skip through a little bit here, if you would, just follow on. Verse 45, Then open he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
And ye are the witness, you are our witnesses of these things, and behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he then them out as far as Bethany, and lifted up his hand and blessed them. And came to pass when he blessed them, they parted from them and carried uh, and carried up into the into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Why a Christian assembly? So you might have this special presence of God with you. In Bible times, Jesus assembled with his church, and they experienced the blessedness and the presence of God in his church. We still have his presence with us in the church, because it's promised there in Matthew chapter 18. Let's turn to John chapter 20. When Thomas missed church in John chapter 20, he missed out on the presence of God. He, meant, he, meant, he missed out on God coming through Jesus Christ to be with his church. And uh, let's read here in John chapter 19, verse number, uh, sorry, John chapter 20, verse number 19. Sorry, I switched those numbers around. John chapter 20, verse number 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut for the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then they were, the disciples, glad when they had seen the Lord. Disciples glad. Jesus showed up. He came to the assembly. In, in his presence, invisible presence, he was there. They were scared to begin with. And then verse number 20 says they were glad. Then said Jesus unto them, peace be unto you. As my father sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith on them, receive ye the Holy Ghost, whosoever sins ye remit. They will be remitted of them, and whosoever sins be retained, there should be retained. But uh, Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So what did Thomas not experience when Jesus' presence was there? Well, he didn't, to begin with, he didn't experience fear. He also didn't experience, verse number uh, 20, he didn't experience the gladness. He didn't experience, again, those things, again, that are mentioned there as far as, uh, again, uh, having uh, the Holy Ghost uh, breathe upon him. He wasn't there at this special occasion. We read on in verse number 25, And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger my, uh, in the print of his nails, and thrust in my hand, and decide I will not believe. And after eight days, again, the disciples were with him and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus and, and the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And he saith unto Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. just want to stop there. You get the special presence of God in the church. We also get faith in the church. Who's faithless? Be not faithless, but believing. 
Verse 28, it says, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, and Jesus, and Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet believed in many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. The special presence of God comes to the church for the purpose of giving faith to those in the church. Jesus' presence at times brings the disciples faith and belief in God. It strengthened their faith. And so we see, first of all, why a Christian assembly? So that we can meet with the Lord and have the Lord with us as a Christian assembly. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18, a church assembly. Christians need a church to special, special times with the Lord, with fellowship in the Lord, worship with the Lord, services to the Lord, special Bible study time with the Lord, together as a church, special prayer time. I mean, Wednesday night services are just about gone in our country. There's no prayer time with the Lord much anymore in our country. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19, it says, Again, I say unto you that if two, of you, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them, my Father, which is in heaven. What do we find in the Christian assembly? We find special answers to prayer in a church assembly. If two of you shall agree, on earth is touching anything that they shall ask. They shall ask, what are they asking? They're asking things of God. It shall be done of them, of their Father which is in heaven. This is another promise given to the church. This is not given to just anyone, but to the members of churches. Christians need to understand that two Christians can get together and have a special time of prayer together, and that can lead to answer prayer. I also believe, as you see in the Bible, if you turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12, uh, prayer, uh, churches can pray corporately and see special answers to prayer and uh, may be even shocked with those answers to prayer. They may pray for something and see something come to pass as they pray corporately as an assembly. Notice here in Acts chapter 12 here, verse number 5, the church prayed. And uh, again, we see again the church pray for the deliverance of Peter. And they're praying for this. Acts chapter 12, verse number 5, it says, And Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now someone says, what's one of the benefits of the church? Well, having people pray for you. And also we see here, again, people praying for, for Peter here. He's been cast in the prison here. And James has been beheaded. And I would think, again, if I was part of that assembly, and I'm not saying I know this for sure, but you probably pray for somehow for God to be merciful and to spare Peter from the same death sentence that James was a part of. In verse number 12, it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to, har uh, to hearken, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. 
And they said unto her, Thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that he was even so. And then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You know, people in a church can pray and be shocked at the answers that God may give them. Just as the temple was a special place for prayer to be offered in the Old Testament, so the church has a similar place in the New Testament. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And again, the church is to be a place that centers around praying for people. If you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Christians need a church, I believe, Again, it's a place where they can find answers to prayer. They can work together, maybe with another believer, and pray together for a special prayer request. Or they can, as an assembly, uh, corporately, as a whole church assembly, as we do here on Wednesday nights, we pray together concerning spiritual matters, concerning uh, health matters, concerning, again, uh, need for people to be saved, etc., uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 15, there hasn't been a whole lot of change uh, between the Old Testament assembly and the temple and the assembly of the New Testament. I understand there's some differences, and I'm not here again to uh, again shine lights on those differences, but Christians need a church as, as, as much as they did in the Old Testament time. It says in verse number 15, it says here, it says, and now my eyes shall be open and my ears shall attend unto the, the prayer that is made in this place. God said he'll attend to the prayer made in the temple. And the Bible says in the New Testament, and Jesus says in the New Testament, he'll attend the prayers of people gathered together, two or three gathered together in his name. Christians need a church as a place that they can pray. Someone says, well, my special place of prayer is somewhere else. I get that. Again, the Bible talks about individual prayer in Matthew 7 and other places. But again, to find answers to prayer, it's good for us to have a church. Because Matthew 18, verse number 19 says this, and again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Again, prayers can be answered in a church and have been answered in churches and will be answered in churches as Jesus promises answers to prayer. Well, let's turn to Romans chapter 10. One of the benefits of a, a Christian assembly that often is overlooked, we talked a little bit about uh, it, but I want to, again, just uh, consider it as a point here this morning, is, again, uh, churches and churches assembly build faith in believers. They build faith in believers. Now, again, you can say my faith can be built at home. I understand it can be built at home. It can be built other ways. But again, the best way, again, I believe for it to be built is through the church. Thomas's faith was missed when he missed church. It was built when he came that second Sunday to church. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Jesus established the church to be a place for hearing the word of God. Just like that seven-year assembly of all Israel that was to come before Joshua for other generations that followed it to continue to be, uh, again, uh, I mean, learn and hear from the word of God. So God has given the church to be a place for hearing the word of God. 
Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let's turn back there. I just want to uh, just look at this a little bit here. It's, it's a place where faith is built. Uh, again, someone says, well, there's no need for churches or no need for assemblies. And again, I, I see more and more and more and more people are forsaking the assembly on their self to gather as we see the day approaching. But I want to say this, your faith is going to be stronger through a church. Your faith will be sustained through a church. Your faith can be built through a church. Your faith can be established through a church. And these are important thoughts. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 9, it says, And Moses wrote this in the law and delivered it unto the priests of the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of seven years, who's he commanded? He's the sons of Levi, verse 9. At the end of seven years, in the psalm assembly, of the year released in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel has come to, to appear before the Lord thy God in the place that he shall, call, he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men, women, children, the stranger that is in within thy gates, that they may hear. Verse 11 talks about hearing. Here again, the first thing mentioned, hearing. That they may learn and fear the Lord thy God, and observe to do all the words of the law, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord thy God. But again, what's the reason for a church? What's the reason for a Christian gathering? To hear and learn. To hear and learn. It's not a place of entertainment, necessarily. It's not a place, again, people gather together just, you know, to get together, because, again, that's what Christians do, but it's to hear and learn. Uh, there are purposes God has established for different institutions. I just want to mention them quickly here. The home was established for the purpose of providing for the family. If you're taking notes, write that down. The purpose of the church was providing for the family. The purpose of government is to protect the citizen. That's, that's the major thing, to protect the citizen. Provide for the family, protect the citizen. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saints. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. They learn, they hear, for the purpose of doing what? To observe, to do. If you're taught something, if you're trained to do something, you'll often do what you're taught to do. If you hear something and you learn it, it'll lead to the observation of it. And that was the reason for this seven-year assembly is very closely associated with the reason for the Christian assembly. In fact, reading here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11, it talks about why the church here, why again the teachers in the church, why the preachers in the church, why the apostles to begin with, why the Lord established the church. Verse 11, it says, He gave some apostles, and gave some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come unto unity of the faith, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be not no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up 
in him, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Why the church? To build your faith, to establish your faith. It talks about there in verse number 14, it says that you no more be no more children carried about with every wind of doctrine. Because there's going to be a lot of people, again, teaching all kinds of things outside the church. And the children of God could be tripped up by those things outside the church. So Jesus established the church, again, to perfect the saints, to help them to be involved with the work of the ministry. Verse number 12, again, so there's something for you to do as a Christian and I to do as a Christian, and for the edifying the body of Christ, to edify or to build up the body of Christ. These are the purposes of the church. The home was established to provide for the family. The government was established by the Lord to protect the citizen, and we do need that for sure. And again, the church was established to perfect the saints. If the family goes without a church normally, I believe in time, they will see their family fall apart. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. That's not saying all families fall apart, that separate themselves from a church. But again, it's just a good thing. It's like a precautionary measure. It's a protective measure. It's a helpful measure to have a church assembly to build up your faith so you learn, you hear, and you observe what God would have you to do. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. As part of the reason for the church. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. There's one place where you should be able to find the truth. It's not on some podcast. It's not in some politician. It's not in some university. It may not even be in a family, but you can hopefully find the truth in a church. It's to be the pillar and ground of the church. Let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 31. There's a reason for the Lord's assembly. And again, I believe there's some parallels here. And that's the reason I come back here between the Old Testament assembly and the New Testament assembly. I don't believe, again, one was really any better than the other. But one was established to the Lord Jesus during his earthly ministry to be something of a help to Christians. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse number 12. Let me read here again. It says in verse 12, it says, Gather the people together, men, women, and children, and the stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, that they may learn, and fear the Lord their God, observe to do all the words of the Lord, and that children which have not known anything may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land whither you go over Jordan to possess it. We say there's a fourth reason, I believe, again, why we need a Christian assembly, and that's for accountability's sake. Accountability's sake. Christians need to be accountable to someone, and that is the Lord. The Lord is the head of his church. The Lord, again, is the one in which we have to do when it comes to the church. Being a part of a church helps us. Christians are accountable more for their behavior and lifestyle when they're attached to a church. You know, a freelance Christian can do anything outside the church because nobody will ever know about it. I'm not trying to be mean here, but a freelance Christian can do anything they want outside the church because nobody will know about it. They can be a Christian silently out there in the world. 
But let's turn to Proverbs chapter 27. They can be out there in the world. They, can, they may even not talk about their profession of faith. They might not talk about their Christian faith. And they can be out there in the world. They can be doing things in the world that nobody would ever consider or, or know about. But again, even the church, someone says, well, you know, so-and-so, they're part of the church and they're doing this, that, and the other thing. And I get that. Someone will say they're doing this, that, and the other thing, and yet they're part of a church. I believe, again, there should be some accountability that goes in the church. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron. Sorry, iron. Iron. Must be from the south or somewhere else. Can't even talk. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Be sharper in the church. The fellowship of a church is to be a place where friends sharpen each other spiritually. And that's part of the reason for a church. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. If you're just talking about getting faith and coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, someone could just sit home and they could listen to all kinds of different things today because they're available, whether it's by radio or podcast or internet or whatever it might be. And, and they might have the ability to, to listen to a lot of different things and have their faith built to some degree. But can they, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, can they be in a place where they're encouraging others within their Christian faith to be the best they can for God? That's part of the reason that we have a Christian assembly. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful to his promise, and let us consider one another to provoke one another to love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And so there's an accountability sake. Let us consider one another and provoke one another unto love and to good works. There's accountability when Christians meet and, uh, again, gather in the church. You know, uh, we know that sometimes, again, when it comes to maybe losing weight or getting fit, you know, you'll, you'll get together and say, let's go to the gym, say, with your buddy. Or let's do this together. And, and you know what? People do better in those situations. In verse 24, it says there, and let us consider one another. It's not about you, it's, it's about others. Another, and provoke one another to love and to good works. And so we need to be in a position where we're encouraging one another because any one of us can backslide, any of us can, uh, can be, again, more carnally minded than we, needed, need, we should be. And we need the exhortation, we need the encouragement, we need the pressure, the good pressure, that comes from being a part of a church. Positive peer pressure causes people to do good things in life. People get together and do something together, and that will allow them to do something where they on their own may not be able to do it very well. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There's also, again, as we consider why a Christian assembly, a mutual, a mutual comfort and companionship that goes along with those that are part of a, a church. Just like there's a companionship or a mutual comfort that may come from some other thing in life, maybe from a family relationship or come from a, uh, some other kind of relationship might, someone might find out in a 
the world, but there's a companionship and a, and a comfort that should be there within a church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, it says there, that you may walk honestly toward them that were, are without, that you may lack nothing. By would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep, that you sorrow not as either's that have no hope. And then he goes on to talk about what we call the rapture. In verse number 18, I just want to read these. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now these are words from the Bible. And the, one of the purposes of our church is to be able to comfort each other with the scriptures of the Bible. And so we can see that as another benefit to the church. Let's read chapter 5, verse number 9 there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. It says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. We just hear things about the coming of Christ, the things of Christ that we hear in the church. Verse 11, Wherefore, comfort yourself together and edify one another, even as you do. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, verse 12, that you know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are really comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Part of the Christian ascending is for comfort and companionship. The Lord gave the church to be a place for us to find comfort, from others that are Christians. The world will beat you up. The world will try to tear you down. The world will try to get you doing contrary to the will of God. But there's an organization that God has established, and that is the church. You've probably heard this before, but D.L. Moody once was asked by someone, why do I need to join a church? I can be a Christian alone in my heart. And it's been said that D.L. Moody gave no answer. But Moody, Moody instead pulled a single coal from an open grate in front of them. That's in the assembly in the church. He separated from the rest of the coals as they sat there watching the coal died. The man received the message. Now coals. How many of you guys have used coals before? You don't have to raise your hand, but coals, I mean... Coals have to be all together to get a fire going. And I tell you this, I mean, I'm not much for coals. My dad was a big guy when it comes to coals. And he liked to have the coals to cook. You know why I didn't want the coals to cook? Because it took so long for them to warm up. But when they got warm, they emitted heat. And that heat would keep going. But if you took one of those coals and you would separate it from the heat and the other coals, that's, that coal would soon die off. No different than wood or any other thing that's burning. Again, someone says, why the church? Because we are like on the coals that are alive and warm and are set in the right place next to each other within a fiery assembly for the purpose of carrying out God's commission in the church. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I just want to end here with one more thought. Why a Christian assembly? For the good fellowship that you can find in a church. For the good fellowship. I mean, you can find fellowship just about anywhere. You can find fellowship in a gang. You can find fellowship down at the bar. You can find fellowship maybe at um, a poolside or whatever it might be. You might find fellowship on a beach or in a park. 
might find fellowship within politics or whatever it might be, but the best kind, the good kind of fellowship is found in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 9. It says, God is faithful by whom ye are called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but you may be perfectly joined together of the same mind and of the same judgment. Again, Christians can be unified in thought, unified in heart, unified in desires through the church. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 1. Just want to look at a few more verses and we'll end here this morning. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1. And uh, we'll read some other verses here too. Verse number 3 through 5. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to the saints that are in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Verse number three, I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in every, in every prayer of mine, for you all, uh, all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. You see here the fellowship of the gospel. There needs to be the fellowship of the gospel. And again, that's done best through a church. Chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, If there be therefore any consolation to Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if, there, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill me my joy that you be of like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And it goes on there and says in verse number 10, And that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things of earth and things under earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A fellowship that promotes Jesus Christ, that brings people together in a positive way, in a helpful way, in a beneficial way. We work as a team. The church, again, works together. And now you find we have the fellowship of one and another. Let's turn back there to Matthew chapter 18. Are there benefits? Are there any things that are good when it comes to a church? Are there reasons for a church? I believe just like there were reasons for the assembly in the Old Testament, there are reasons for assembly in the New Testament to know and again to fear the Lord and to observe what the Lord would have us to do. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Is the church important? Is the church necessary? Yes, because it's a special communion that we can have with Christ. It's it's a place where we can find answers to prayer. It's a place that we'll see our faith built. It's a place needed for accountability in this world. It's a place of mutual comfort and companionship. 
It's a place where Christians should fellowship. That's why we should need a church and unite with the church. Let's close as we consider the word of God here today.